What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Beers and. Today, we're going to be talking about Beers, Beers and Fire. I'm glad that we didn't plan that. We just decided, let's go demonic on fire. <laughs> I was going for flames, you know. Flames, fire, burning. Fire is probably one of the coolest things to watch. I like fire. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're transfixed yeah. on it. I um I read once that oh, watching a candle flicker, yeah. like sitting there and watching a flame, could open up your third eye. Oh, I feel like that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. If you stare at it's it, one long of the enough. most primal, uh, one of the most primal things. I have made fire. Oh, fire! I was going for uh, caveman. I was going for castaway. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going for a little uh, little Tom Hanks action. I was going for Cape Man. That's eh, all right. That's all good. I used to have a Wilson volleyball. Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. Oh, do I remember you? Like with the it? actual face on it? I used to have the actual Vaguely, Wilson face. yeah. Huh. Good times. If you guys are just joining us and would like to chime in at any one point in time before- <laughs> and stop this train wreck. Stop this. <laughs> What's going on, everyone? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode. Nick and Alex here, as always. We're back with another beer. We're back with another topic. You can come find us on Instagram if you so choose at Beers and Podcast. Come watch us on YouTube, please, if you would like at the same. And, uh, you know, Twitter, Beers and Juan. Who cares? <laughs> Most importantly, though, Beers and Podcast at gmail.com for all your comments, questions, and concerns. Exactly. And let's not negate Twitter. It's still kind of important, despite the fact that I was trying to post two days ago and couldn't get it to stay within the character limit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's annoying, isn't it? Yeah. Twitter. Man, Twitter. That's why I'm like, whenever I go from Instagram to Twitter and you trim, oh, yeah, trim the character, it's not easy. And it's never the same effect. No, I don't never. I get all the hashtags. No. Nope. I'm not going to be that guy who does like post, comment, 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 you know, underneath. Oh, yeah. The rest. No, we're not, we're not doing that. That's not us. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why we've been begging <laughs> for interaction because we just. Are so damn stubborn. Just post a thousand characters on Twitter. Who cares? Why not? Okay. Everybody start. else does, and they say shit. We're going to start talking about that. good things. We're going to start doing that. So uh, we're having a, an American IPA today. Yes, we are. From who's it from? Burr, 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 burr. It is from 902, oh, yeah, 902 Brewing. That's right. Not yep. related to 903. Not related to 903 or 90210. Um, this is called Heaven, Hell, or Hoboken, which. <laughs> I love so much. For many reasons. Many, many reasons. Yeah. So it is an American IPA. As mm -hmm. you mentioned, it is noted with uh, grapefruit, passion fruit, and citrus flavors um, with a heavy dose of Simcoe. So we should be getting some nice piney uh, love notes. Absolutely. Nice notes in there. Now, I was fascinated by it because I thought that this was just a cheeky name at first, Heaven, Hell, or Hoboken. I would have thought so, too. Uh, according to the Hoboken Museum, the designation as a port of embarkation, meaning for like World War I, uh, meant fame for Hoboken. So General John J. Pershing's promise to the troops that they'd be in, quote, heaven, hell, or Hoboken by Christmas of 1917 became a national ri uh, rallying cry for a swift end to the war, which actually dragged out for another year. But that's what uh, Pershing apparently used to yell out to his uh, to his soldiers before they would uh, make their way to the front. What a uh, what a way to rally your soldiers! I just have a piece of paper in the bottom of my glass. That's, it's it's, uh, it's stuck there now. actually good for you. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, it's extra pulpy. Paper towel? Yeah, there okay. you go. I love me some cellulose. There you go. Cellulose and Simcoe. That's what we're going for so, today. So what is actually... So there's Simcoe in here. There's Citra. Or did we did we not get that? It's just Simcoe. It says that it's just a healthy dose of Simcoe. Oh, so maybe it's an all Simcoe IPA. Yeah, I believe... Oh, I'm into I, I that. I believe so. I believe so. So yeah, we should get grapefruit, passion fruit, citrus flavors, and then a heavy dose of Simcoe. Yum. Yeah, I'm that, sounds, that sounds like Simcoe. Are you uh, ready for this question? Yeah, what do you got for me? I'm gonna, I'm gonna let's see how deep you're gonna dig for this one. First song you would sing at karaoke night? Oh my god! First song I would sing at karaoke night? Oh, it really depends who I'm with. Okay, that's fair. I typically like to go with uh, with a song I know I'm gonna crush. I like to have a, yeah, I like to have a little fun with it. I'm trying to think of some of the ones I've done in the past. I do a mean Harper Valley PTA. Um, okay. Just because I can, I can really kind of get into it just a little bit. Sure. Um, ooh, I yeah, I'm, I'm. I wanna tell you all the story about a hop Valley widow. Didn't see that coming. Oh yeah, um, that's a fun one for me. Oh man, dude, there there are so many. There are so many. Like I'm not afraid to really sing much of anything, but yeah, I'm just gonna go Harper Valley PTA for that for that reason. Okay. That's that's a what are you one. going for? I'm probably gonna go smooth by uh, Santana Demon and Rob Thomas. Uh-huh. Yeah. Make it real. Oh, we'll forget about it. That's happening. And if I I'm feel, feel bad for the poor sap who's got to follow that up. If I'm if I'm with Meg and Mama, we do a wonderful, wonderful three part harmony for what's going on. Oh, I um, love it. That I don't know why for some reason long ago. Actually, I do remember. So they had come over for brunch one day. And this is going back a couple of years. They came over for brunch one day and it turned into us pretty much drinking an entire case of champagne. Sounds awesome. It was terrible. <laughs> I was asleep by roughly six o'clock yes. because I couldn't, I just couldn't hang. Champagne? There's something about champagne, man, that's like sneaky, but also gives you a headache. Like I always get a headache. Oh, because it's so, so, I woke up that next morning oh God, so and oh, it was a rough one. It was a rough one. I'm sure. But we had, uh, yeah, I think we each had like showed up with, showed up, we were here. I think everybody had like pretty much had like, you know, maybe we had three bottles or so or Damn. whatever it was. And it was one of those things where like we quickly were like, oh shit, what do we do now? So the the liquor store around the block, we had, uh, we went over to and cleared them out nice. of all of their, uh, all of their champagne and on the way back, uh, did a, again a wonderful three-part harmony sitting then in front of the building in my car oh fantastic and then if you looked around at any one point in time everybody at least had yoke. their had their hand over their ear for the that's it oh god so good so Wait. good is there such a thing as karaoke? And if there's not, I say we invent it. I'm pretty sure that that's what James Corbin essentially does. Carpool Fuck. karaoke. Fuck him. Yeah. Don't know who you are, but. No, you know who he is. He's the 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 heavy sight. Heavy sight. Okay, Nick. Take two. He's the heavy set English guy who hosts oh, um, the yeah. late show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he does that? Yeah, he does carpool karaoke. <sighs> Still, I. my old sentiment. Fuck you. Fuck you. But you're probably a nice guy. Ah. Um, okay, I like your answer of how it depends on who you're with. Yes. Because that's also, that plays a role. Yeah. If I'm not doing smooth, I'm probably doing like a Jack Johnson song. Okay. Or, oh. or, or, damn, Poison. 
by Belle Biv DeVoe. DeVoe. Of course. Yeah. If it's later on in the evening (laughs) and I've had sometimes, I do love one of my guilty pleasures is I don't care by a comma pop. I feel like I know that, but I... I got this feeling on a summer day oh when God. you were gone. I crashed my car <laughs> yes. into the bridge. I want to let it burn. That is a great oh character. Oh, my God. Song. I become a sorority girl on there's, Rush Weekend. Um, there's a Buck Cherry cover of that song. Is there really? Yeah, and it's actually pretty good. No joke. Let's get back to the beer. <gasps> oh, what do we got? Yeah, let's try this out for general... Ooh, it smells like Ooh, Citra it's got and that ni- Yeah, it's I got that like really nice sort of pininess on the nose. Oh, I love that. I poured this a while ago, and there's still like a nice foamy head on here. Which is particularly interesting because of the fact is that I was reading through, I don't know if this was uh, a review on uh, Untapped or on Beer Advocate, um, that had someone had noted that they felt like they didn't have really much of a head at all. Really? uh, From a pint. Yeah, it's actually lingered for a while. Quite a long time. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised. Um, (laughs) I typed in Heaven, Hell, or Hoboken, and the first thing that came up was not the beer. Oh, no, 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 not at all. It's a, evidently a much more famous, I guess, quote than expected. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm reading what you read, but what I get from this, from the wording, hit with a heavy dose of Simcoe both in the kettle and cold side. So that means this was dry hopped with Simcoe. Correct. But there's probably other hops in Did you happen to take a look at the... I didn't. At the can? I didn't. You know, I like to play this game. It's guess what hop this is. Oh, I'm never good at that. Um, man, I don't see anything. I feel like sense. there could be Amarillo in here. Amarillo. But we'll, but we'll never know. Amarillo. There's definitely Simcoe in here. I smell the pineapple. I smell the pine. Oh, absolutely. There's no question about I that. I love that. 6.5 ABV, by the way. Nice. That's pretty solid. Yeah, nice. Nice, uh, nice ABV. Let's dive in. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, that is... Much more mellow. Extraordinarily. Yeah. Probably the American style. It's got I a, guess. it's got a really nice it's got a really nice mouthfeel, I think, on it. I think the malt yeah. is like normally I don't like malty IPAs, but this one is like not how can I say this? It's like it's sweeter, but there's a grassy kind of piney hop note that kind of cuts through. Yeah. And makes it really balanced. I like that grassiness too. Yeah. Definitely. I like it quite a bit. I'm not getting too, too much, I think, of the, the, the pineapple or the stone fruit entirely. I'm wondering if it maybe just needs to warm up that's, just that's a little bit. It is bit. cold. It is quite cold. It is it's cold. super crisp. I get the grapefruit. The grapefruit is big, there. Big, dank grapefruit note. And it's really balanced well, again, with the pine and the grass. Yeah. You know? It's nice. Yeah, right? Not too shabby. Really, just like, this is a good, I'm going out to the bar. I don't mm-hmm. want anything frilly. Let me get the IPA on tap. If they had this, I'd be really happy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's a no frills, all beer. beer. I'm not getting any passion fruit. I don't think. No any passion fruit notes. N- neither am I. Not particularly. And again, I think that's why I'm, I'm thinking that maybe we need to to just give it a little bit in terms of letting it warm up. Maybe just a little bit. Sure. Yeah, we can um, come back to it. Well, you know what? Warm this up really good. Fire. A little fire. Yeah. So so I stuck with fire. Pretty traditionally, I stuck with fire in its many forms. Oh. I really like went with like a heat theme, let's say. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted to start with lava. I am absolutely fascinated by lava. Um, I think it's one of the coolest things that we find on earth. 
not so much. I mean, it's it's the foundation, quite literally, of the of the ground of that the we air. are on. It blows yeah. my mind that like it's hot enough under our feet to molten rock. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Turn your turn yes, your yes, that's an adjective. Bones into yes to molten it. Yeah, to molten it. So lava is technically only lava while it's underground, because once oh. it breaches the surface, it's called magma. Oh, that's right. I don't Molten know. hot magma. Yeah, I don't know why we need a different designation for below and above ground, but well, we, we have it. Yeah, but you know what? That also, not to cut you off, but like that's one of those things where like comet versus asteroid. Yeah. Or comet versus, or asteroid versus meteor. Yep. I think this is the difference. Yeah. Definitely. So either way, it is incredibly hot and will burn down anything in its path. It's, ugh. yeah, it's terrifying. Typically ranges uh, anywhere from 1,470 degrees Fahrenheit to 2,190 degrees Fahrenheit. Holy shit. With the viscosity of ketchup. Oh. So it's like... It's on the thicker side. Yeah, it has... Um, I'm going to get into it later, like the composition of it, but uh, what makes it up is really what it is. Um, lava can travel long distances, which is strange to me, but then it brought in this fact. So it says that if air hits lava too quickly as it's flowing down a mountain or whatever, it actually it like makes a solid crust on the top insulating the heat of the liquid inside so even though the top of it might be hard and like maybe even hard enough to walk on underneath is still a river of magma i feel like i've seen videos of people like around like the rim of a volcano where it does look like the like as they walk that the ground does have some sort of like a a movement or like a a wave to it yeah yeah Ooh, that's uncomfortable yeah i know it's really strange so it's dominantly composed of silica mm-hmm. but in many forms uh typically in the form of crystals volcanic glass and bubbles or volcanic gas hmm. these are the main things that comprise magma um i've said this before on the show lava will actually singe your nerve endings off right so it's kind of a quick and painless not to say that it won't hurt you though. oh yeah you'll you'll because it, it, it can't be a quick... Well, my, my guess is that your body probably just goes into shock very quickly. It's a lot of things because if you actually like... Not that you would, dipped your hand in... You you would get burned, like real burned, real bad. Um, it's hot enough to turn the water in your body into steam and boil your fat. Oh. Yeah, so you don't want to touch... Oh my God, that sounds terrible. You don't want to touch lava. Um, it's very thick... If you fell into it, so like there's a scene from, I want to say, what's that volcano movie? Is it just volcano? Uh, isn't there one that's like something in the volcano? Bomb something. The volcano? But there's a, there's a scene from a volcano movie and also like something else that came out recently where someone like fell into lava and, you know, got like liquefied or, yeah. or sunk in. But that's not really how it works because lava is so thick and because of the crust. So you may oh. like fall on it, but you're just sitting on top of a river of lava. Oh, yeah, that like sounds you terrible. never actually like sink in because it's too, it's too thick. You're you're more likely just like traveling along with it. Oh no, thank you. Yeah, it sounds awful. No, thank you. Wow. But yeah, I think lava is so cool. Um, would love to see some up close. Aren't? You, isn't this the whole thing? You guys are going to a volcano. So we're, no. we get to drive through a volcano on our honeymoon i'm i'm, I'm it's excited not, it's not active i assume i'm the, well hey who knows you we've got know. a cut we, there are a couple of them but you, you know? could you could outrun lava oh like yeah it, that it's i would not assume. that fast no that if, i would assume. if you're in a spot where you have the ability to run you can outrun it the other you know the other stuff you got to worry about is like 
the ash the, the and, extra, the, and the exactly. yeah and all the falling because debris. You would actually like probably not even like if you fell into lava, the gas would knock you out. Right. You'd be unconscious before hopefully before the unthinkable happened. I feel like the unthinkable at that point had already happened. Yeah. How does it get worse than this? It doesn't. It doesn't. God. You got napalm under your feet. Oh, no, yeah, thank sounds, you. Sounds, like, sounds none awful. of that sounds appealing at all. I know, but it's so cool, though, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, just destructive as hell. Yeah, like, super destructive. Nothing survives. Nothing survives. Mm-mm. I mean, Pompeii. Pompeii is an interesting case, though, because, like, a lot of those people didn't die from the lava. They died from the... Ash, ash and like the, the smoke, right? Yeah, and the, yeah. And the ejecting like rocks. That yeah, were, yeah, that were launched out of this volcano. It's crazy. Ooh, I still have to go there. I've got to go there. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think so. Yeah. Did you try this again? I did. You start to get a little bit more of the stone fruits that do start to come through just a little bit. They're sneaking around some of the grapefruit. I think. Just I think a I, hair. You know, I kind of get the passion fruit. I think I confused it for like a grape, like a white grape note. Oh, okay. That that would make sense. I think I get the passion fruit. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a solid. I'm gonna give it like a solid, like three eight. Okay, I like a three That's, eight, three yeah. nine. It's it. I'm not too far off. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's got because of the Simcoe. I think it does make it a little something extra special. It does have some of the malt. Simcoe's a great hop. Yeah, it really is. It does have some of that malt in there, so it's got a slightly different mouthfeel, I think, than a traditional American IP. Well, yeah, from like a traditional IP. Uh, we drink a IPA. lot of Northeast style new england ipas we do we do so this is i think just a little bit unique and you know what i gotta say if i remember correctly obviously you know us living in in you know new jersey if you haven't figured that out by the way um you haven't been listening it's not terribly expensive like it's it's a nice beer i mean obviously again it doesn't have to go too far for it to get you know at least to you know where i picked it up yeah um but it was a like it was decently priced it wasn't you know like these for a you know a four pack, it wasn't like some of these that are priced out at like seventeen, eighteen bucks. Twenty, you know? twenty-one, yeah. twenty-two. I want to say that this was roughly maybe like twelve bucks. So not, that's not not, not too bad. At that all. is that is really good. For, yeah, for a four pack of beer, that's what I thought. And of this quality too, like I'm not mad at this. I would drink this at any. If you sent me to dinner, I would drink this anywhere. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those I think I would pick up for someone's barbecue and this would kind of be like a, a good like daytime yeah definitely you know i'm um, um, kind of relaxing i'm hanging out with some people catching up maybe with some folks i haven't seen in a little bit not too high in abv exactly it's very crisp and floral and clean i'm gonna go uh three five five three okay. three six three six one okay i'm we're pretty close yeah you, i think you've so. been a little higher on beers today than i have yeah i don't know i don't know why either I'll just run with it. It's the day, I guess. Sure. Sure. Why not? Every day is a day. Every day is a day. And it ends in Y. Every day is, is a winding road. Yeah, I think that's what I was going for. Right? Every day, day is a winding road. Yeah. Get a little bit it's closer. It's all in the harmony. Yeah, or the, that's, melody, that's, the melody. I'm yeah, sorry. you're right. That's what I was going for. And then I, I quickly started to get into uh, Beautiful by uh, Christina Aguilera, and I'm glad that I didn't. Uh, anywho... I would like to speak about the burning of the Great Library of Alexandria. Oh, so I like where this is going. I hadn't, I've never heard of this before. I mean, I know of the Library of Alexandria, but I didn't know it burned down. Okay, so a bit of a background then. So while there's much question as to like its history and its founding, the earliest known mention of um, the Library of Alexandria is from what's referred to as the Letter 
of Astrius, which had been written sometime between uh, 180 and 145 BC. Oh, wow. wow so it's, it's old. Modern historians now believe that the groundwork for the library uh, was established by um, uh, Ptolemy I and then built around the reign of his son, Ptolemy II, between 283 and 246 BC. Um, So it had been built as part of the larger, uh, what's referred to as like the Mosian, which was an institute that had been dedicated to the muses. And essentially it was like, almost like a precursor to the modern like college campus uh, where there, you know, there were different libraries and different wings with like dining halls almost and dormitories and like different like reading rooms and things along those lines. Um, So the goal of the library wasn't so much for research uh, entirely, but rather meant it was meant to like be served as an aid to the Pharaoh. Um, Basically, I guess to show more of like what, look at all this that I can go ahead and, kind of accumulate Mm -hmm. so it's believed that at its peak it contained some half million scrolls (laughs) of the ancient world we're talking from assyria greece persia india and egypt so all of that information so in 48 bc during caesar's civil war julius caesar was besieged at alexandria uh, and in an effort, apparently, to like clear the wharf uh, of people uh, and block his enemies, it was alleged that his soldiers set fire to then some of like the Egyptian uh, ships that had been in the wharf, and that these fires then spread to the docks and then apparently went on to have the library catch on fire wow. as well. Um, so there's a lot of thought that like this is actually what destroyed the library entirely. Um, However, there's actually like some disputed evidence uh, about that. So indications now show that the library may not have been destroyed in its entirety, but rather only like a warehouse where some of these scrolls had been stored. Um, However, it may have been been destroyed, was probably rebuilt, but then never to its past glory because there are references like later on of like Mark Antony having like gifted then Cleopatra some, you know, hundreds of thousands of scrolls, you know, at one point in time. So while the library may have been rebuilt, this, this Musion, like this actual Institute, that is what's gone and has like disappeared. So essentially the, the, the crux of it is that again, essentially the entire, collection is essentially lost and gone and so records of who knows what was in there that infuriates me yeah like to know and let me obviously you can never know what's going to wind up happening but essentially like all of the written histories of the ancient world pretty much gone unless it was a lie and someone's got it locked up somewhere i mean you know one of the beautiful things with egypt and if you go way on back to, to one of our earlier you know uh earliest episodes we had discussed it there's the sand moves in such a way right. that we don't know what could still be underneath and, and if these things still exist in places. But like, yeah, I had never heard about this because it was specifically, um, I was on history.com and Wikipedia. Um, and it's specifically the history.com article was like seven fires that changed history. Oh. And this was listed as one of them. If I had to guess, I would say they're in the Vatican catacombs. 
if they were still around? Probably. I mean, potentially. Oh, I would love to. Oh, God, I would love to know. Are only like five people allowed down there? The Pope. A couple Cardinals, probably. Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, God, apparently they've got... Who knows what's down there? Apparently they've got like... Um like dinosaur bones of, of, you know, dinosaurs that we don't know had necessarily like ever existed. <laughs> you know, this speculation that actually the body of Jesus is, you know, nope. somewhere that I would understand why the Vatican needs, but I don't know why the Vatican needs dinosaur bones. Oh, because if God created everything, everyone should still share in its glory. <sighs> yeah. Explain. Yeah. Go ahead and explain that to 2000 years <laughs> of Catholicism. <laughs> so the people who said that first, Okay, so I talked about somewhere lava. the somewhere the Pope is going. Alexander, no. if the Pope is listening to me, then someone's not sponsoring us enough. But you're no Papa, <laughs> Frank. <laughs> Frank calling from Rome online too. Oh, hey Frank, how's it going? Good friend of the show. <laughs> Long time so, a listener, first so, time a caller. <laughs> so I talked about lava. We did something terrestrial. Let's go extraterrestrial. Let's go to supernovas. Ooh, Another thing that just fascinates me. I'm in awe of supernovas. I don't like anybody that sings that song for karaoke. Don't sing Champagne Supernova for karaoke. No, please don't. Stop it. No one one should sing that song. (laughs) Oof. Yeah, supernovas. Um, Do you know what what a supernova is? Um, I assume a, a, a Nova with a, with, a, with a supercharged engine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Threw a supercharger on there, catback exhaust. What's that? 19-inch rims. It's a supernova. <laughs> Supernovas are just explosions. Oh. It's when a star explodes. Oh, duh. It's when a star explodes. Okay. So actually, they're classified as the biggest explosion humans have ever seen supernovas um so just a little background for a star's life to continue it must be in balance between two opposing forces at its core nuclear fuel is burned creating tons of energy and pressure and outwards pressure pushing out from the core inversely on the surface gravity of the star is constantly attempting to keep the the star in a tight you know ball as, as small as possible that's what gravity wants so like this ebb and flow of the natural forces are what keeps the star alive hmm so when a star, when the core runs out of fuel, this like yin and yang becomes like unbalanced, obviously, and gravity begins to win. As gravity wins, the collapse of this star starts and sometimes like as fast as 15 seconds. Oh my God. So the, the speed and the pressure of which causes the star to collapse would then produce shockwaves, and that produces the explosion. Oh. So all that's left behind after this star explodes is a dense core and what they call a nebula, which is just a cloud of hot gas that's expanding. Oh, that's wild. So at, when these happen, these can actually like outshine the entire galaxy that they're in for days or even months. Really? This explosion is that powerful. Huh. If a star, if the star at the center of a supernova is 10 times the size of our sun, then it could produce a black hole. And that's how black holes start. No way. Really? So it's got to be a super giant star. And if it's dense enough, that's what causes it. And I will leave it there because we could save black holes for another day. Okay. So 
you said that it's the brightest thing. It's the most impressive explosion that we could see. How, like, can we see? Has there ever been a situation where, like, we can see them with like the naked eye? Like, I don't know about naked eye, but they happen roughly in the Milky Way. They happen roughly three times a century. Oh, okay. So okay. there's there's opportunity. Are we overdue? I don't know actually, but the way it goes on to explain is that scientists, you know, with all the galaxies in the universe, like at least a couple hundred happen a year. Oh, so you, we could probably find. Okay, it yeah, I want to find one. Yeah, we could probably find it, but I mean, like the power of a star. Oh my like God, the They're... sun, the power of the sun exploded. Like we had a solar flare. Yeah. Earlier this week, like I'll admit, I felt a little fucked up from it. Could you? And that's just a flare. Well, I love the fact is that again, they you know, depending upon the size, they can have like an impact then on like the electromagnetic spectrum and interfere with you know right. radio waves and. Right. Yeah. The solar flares. Yep. Yeah. 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 This is not obviously not on that scale. Usually they're not as big as the sun. Right. But still. But they can be. Science. We love it. Science. We love it. We love it. <laughs> I feel like I should have been a magic school bus character. Oh, I would have loved to have been a, on the magic school bus. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we want. Super progressive. Even though they're the Captain Planet kids anyway. Yeah. I was going to say. Which really throws you for a loop. Well, you know, eh. wait. So, back down here on Earth. Okay. <laughs> I wanted originally, I was explaining to you before, I wanted originally to focus on maybe only like one historical fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't resist because I had never known about this one. Um and sometimes it's it, the way that it was referred to in this article, um, again, on from history.com, the seven fires that changed uh, history. They made reference to the point is that this is almost like a forgotten one as well. So oh, okay. This is the Great New York Fire of 1835. Exactly. So leading up to 1835, New York City wasn't necessarily at first like the powerhouse that we know of it as today in terms of like um finance and commerce and whatnot Mm -hmm. it was predominantly still boston philadelphia you know places like that okay so once the erie canal had been opened it had pushed a lot of business into like new york state then as all of a sudden we now had like a connection to the midwest so as a result then new york harbor grew and eventually became the largest in the country um and so too did the economy. So like business, financial, and like trade districts all popped up in lower Manhattan. Um, and along with that, so did significantly more like wooden buildings and the population increased also. So the population had grown in lower, uh, in Manhattan, 60% between 1820 and 1830. Wow. So we're talking about 145,000 more people. Oh man, in yeah, 10 years. In 10 years while the fire department, which at the time was volunteer, had only added about 300 firemen. So with this increase in population, like I said, you know, more uh, buildings went up. However, the water supply and like the, where they would get their water from, uh, that sort of infrastructure really wasn't updated. And cholera had become really common, as was the case. There was a cholera outbreak um, in December of 1830, 1835, sorry. So the night of December 16th saw temperatures 
well below zero. And the fire department had already, <clears throat> excuse me, been dealing with two fires earlier in the evening. Um, so when they got reports that there was a warehouse that was on fire down in lower Manhattan, they weren't entirely like, uh, I don't want to say motivated, but like they were exhausted. They were, yeah. they were tired to begin with. So they didn't necessarily like rush downtown to go ahead and like take care of it. By the time they did go ahead and start to make it downtown, they were met with like blistering winds and a frozen East river. So Temperatures were reportedly as low as 17 degrees below zero wow. Fahrenheit, and they had these gale force winds. Now, I was kind of curious because I, I didn't actually know. I was like, oh, it's windy. It's really windy. Um, do you know at what like sustained speed needs to be, like, how fast? To be gale force? Yeah, to be considered to be gale force. 80? Oh, no, no, no. It's not that. It's Not yeah. that high. No, 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 no. 40. Yeah, just about 39, actually. That's still pretty fast. 30, sustained, exactly. Yeah, sustained. Still pretty fast. Uh, and imagine already, again, negative <sighs> 17 fire, degrees. This fire lit up everywhere. So at the time, um, they did, the fire department didn't have city uh, water from like within the city necessarily. So they used to actually like stick hoses directly into the into river. The, river, the Hudson, that. yep, and the East River. And it's frozen. It was, exactly. It was frozen, they would drill uh, holes into the East River, stick the, the hoses in, but the water would immediately freeze around the hoses then. <laughs> so they realized that they weren't necessarily going to be able to get people, uh, like put these uh, the fires out with water. So they had moved into like getting people actually to like leave their houses, get out of their homes. Um, they then tried to, and this is you know sometimes a tactic, but get rid of like fuel for the fire, you know, sometimes. So like purposely let's go ahead and like mm -hmm. knock down or, or, you know, other buildings. So they had decided let's go ahead and we'll blow up, you know, like certain buildings in the area. Um, however, that failed. That sounds like a terrible idea. Well, it, it, it is quite a terrible idea, particularly because of the fact is that, so for one thing, they didn't have enough gunpowder. So they actually had to like call in the Marines who were in battery park to start to bring gunpowder over, uh, to assist with this. But some of the buildings had stored potassium nitrate, which is like what's used. Isn't that in TNT or nitroglycerin or something? Uh, that's nitroglycerin. Uh, pot uh, potassium nitrate is what's used in like fertilizers. So the, which is always used, you know, always used like I would know, uh, but like in like homemade bombs and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so a couple of these buildings started to blow up then on their own. Oh, my God. So. The fire eventually went out on its own once it reached the East River itself. But by then, firefighters from Philadelphia were starting to show up as allegedly the fire was visible from Philadelphia. Wow. When they had showed up, uh, it was there was near total destruction of Lower Manhattan. So it's uh, 17 city blocks had burned, which accounted for 13 acres, nearly Jeez, 700 please. buildings, including the post office, the stock exchange, at least one church, and something that was known as the Merchants Exchange, which had only opened in 1827, and it housed the New York Chamber of Commerce. Oh, wow. The fire burned for nearly 15 hours. The next morning, 
the New York Courier and Examiner had basically read like a post-apocalyptic almost like report just saying South Street is burned down. Exchange Place is burned down. Wall Street is burned down. Oh, my God. In today's money, over half a billion dollars worth of damage was done. Like, I think at the time they had said that it was like $20 million, and today it works out to be like, again, roughly like $540 million. But I do have noted here, though, out of the ashes, (laughs) those wooden buildings were quickly replaced with stone and brick ones, and they had also, as a result, then built the Croton Croton Aqueduct, which supplied the city with fresh, clean water from the Croton River in Westchester County. Um, you can still see some of those like aqueducts uh, that yep. are still up there today. And I would love to one of these days. It's like a 26 mile. Well, it traveled about 40 miles, but there's the Croaton Aqueduct Trail, which is about 26 miles. I would love to go and walk Ooh, it one nice. of these days. It's beautiful. That is a massive fire. Massive, 13 massive. 13 acres worth of land? 13 acres worth of land, 700 buildings. That's no over joke. Over half a billion dollars worth of damage. That is no joke. The 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 thing that like sticks out in my mind, and I think it's one of the ideas of like what's always kind of like freaked me out in certain regards about fire. Negative seventeen degrees. Yeah, like, a fire is not cool or good. I think during any time period, but like in the middle of a bone chilling yeah. night in December, like that sounds horrible. Horrible. I can't even imagine what that was like to see. It's one of these things that somehow managed to really kind of like this story, at least. I I like to think I know a decent enough, you know, amount about like New York City history and whatnot. I had never heard of this. Interesting. Yeah. So I wonder if it's because they kind of brought like not that they brought it upon themselves, but like when they started to blow up the buildings with not the right stuff or. Well, it seems like it's more of like. The fact that they managed to rebuild almost as quickly as they did, like it's really interesting. There are a That's, couple that is really impressive. There are a couple like different accounts. Uh, I think there was one from like a, a London magazine that had like, uh, or a London newspaper that was describing the destruction. But the author explicitly had noted like, if there's one thing that's really impressive, it's the the way that folks are reacting to it, and more of like, rather than showing like complete and utter you know despair and helplessness, like everyone was just kind of like. Okay. Right to work. Let's let's rebuild. Let's do what we got to do. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Resilient, baby. So my last thing, I wanted to talk about the color of fire. Ooh. The color of fire. The color of fire. Because it comes in many colors. Yeah. And it's and it doesn't always have to do with what is being burned. I forgot about that. The color I really fire did. has a color. So we've all seen firsthand, you know, fire flicker. I said it before. It's very entrancing, very fun to watch. Um, and we've seen it change color on us. Yeah you know, red to orange to blue. So do you ever wonder how or why fire changes color? Or do you, you know? I, hmm, I don't think I actually know. It could absolutely have something to do with the fuel, whatever's being burned. Right. We've seen yeah. things change fire's color, like those logs that make it green or, yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But like fire inherently is has different colors. <laughs> Did I ever tell you, it's related. When we used to go camping... Um, when we were in the scouts, we used yeah. to go to a place, um, in upstate New York for winter camping. And there was one time we had this older guy, uh, Mr. Downing, God love him. I hope he's still kicking. 
there's a there's a uh, a big fireplace like in this room that we're all you know camping in and, and whatnot and all of a sudden someone starts to notice they're like is the, why is the fire like burning like green right now and and all these colors and someone goes well what's on the fire and he goes hey, it's an old uh, electric heater and someone goes, why did oh. you put an electric heater? what's the matter I just put on an electric heater. Just got to burn it out. What am I going to do with that otherwise? I'm going to throw it out? And everyone was like, now we're young. But even then we were like, Downing, you can't yeah, do scouts. that. There's plastic you know, and whatnot right. in there. Like, you can't do that. You know, the kind of things we used to burn. We were like, yeah, we, we do. And that's why you're all, you know, half of, you know, got one foot in the grave. Stop burning shit that like that. That sounds incredibly dangerous. Oh, my God. He didn't. Man didn't give a shit. God love him. <laughs> God love him. Oh God, it's burning green. What? Is so fire doesn't here? naturally burn green. No, does not. But it does naturally burn red, mm-hmm. orange, white, and also blue. So red is actually the coolest part of the fire, mm-hmm. which is an oxymoron, but it's true. It ranges anywhere from 980 to 1800 degrees. Oh, that's it. Fahrenheit. That's it. That's it. Super cool. Orange, on the other hand, comes into play when a portion of fire is hit about 2000 degrees, anywhere from 2000 to 2200. Throw another 200 degrees on there and you got yourself white flames. I always thought that white was the hottest. That's what I thought too, but it's not true. Fascinating. So blue is actually. I'm glad you didn't ask me because I would have looked like a real ass. I can honestly say I don't think I've ever actually seen any white flames, but the way it's explained in the article is that if you're burning like a candle, just at the bottom of the wick mm-hmm. is is just barely white. Yeah. So it, it's it's almost like a natural glow. Yeah. Almost is is white. What I really wanted to talk about was blue. That's Wait that's the me. whole point of this of this little tidbit. Topping the charts anywhere from 2,600 to 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So blue flame is hotter than magma. Oh, shit. By you're about right. four or five hundred wow. degrees. Like, wow. Maybe even more than that. I, I say blue flames reign supreme as, as far as fire goes. And I'm sure you've all seen it igniting a, you know, like a stovetop burner. At first, when it comes out, it's blue. I wish I had gas fireplace. <laughs> oh, you don't? You don't have gas? Oh, oh no. This you have electric. electric. Because mm. we're in a building. <laughs> I mean, it's smart. No, I know. But it's, it's, it's not efficient. Uh, it's, no, it's not. Although I feel like you get much more even heating on a on an electric. Oh, it's because I, I'm. Uh, it's because I'm a real nut job with making sure, like, <laughs> I gotta keep it clean. Otherwise, that's what. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why you get a, a shitty electric. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, 100%. We would have a shitty electric uh, stovetop. We don't clean it very well. So when you light up the pilot and right before it goes on, everything's blue. The flames are blue. It's because they're, it's at their hottest. Oh, and okay. that is because that blue flames contain more oxygen than your normal orange or red flame. And gas burns much hotter than normal organic material. So because it's it's more oxygen rich and full and we're not just burning like wood, which yeah. would normally just burn red or orange, it's the the oxygen is igniting and causing it to become much hotter than hmm. totally normal. Interesting. I wonder how much like the the oxygen levels need to to increase because I was That's think, a good question. Cuz I'm thinking about like when you're like 
blowing on a fire to get it going or like billowing a fire to get it going. But I guess you would really have to add quite a bit of yeah, I oxygen. Think, I think what it really needs to be is that it needs to be present in the combustible material. Oh, okay. At least the way that, I think about that it. Would... And it feels, I feel like it makes more sense that way because you're burning, you know, butane, right? Right. Essentially. Right. And there's oxygen. Or natural gas or right, yeah, 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 right, yeah. right, right, right. Oh, that does make more sense. Huh. But still really cool to look at and uh, very dangerous to touch. Very so dangerous to touch. Do not Don't touch. touch it. Don't touch it. Which means you'll probably go and touch it. I mean, you know, you got to learn. Right. I usually learn through my mistakes. Exactly. I'm just trying not to burn myself in the process. Exactly. Otherwise, you could wind up with perhaps a towering inferno. Oh, what's that? Are you good with uh, colors? Oh, of- yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, blue flame was my, uh, my pinnacle. So the towering inferno. Is an unbelievable movie. Okay. It's, I mean that sincerely. It's, I'll have to take your word for it. It is. It's an American disaster film uh, that's directed by John uh, Gillerman and starring an ensemble cast led by Paul Newman and I wrote in parentheses meow, uh, <laughs> Steve McQueen and Faye oh. Dunaway. Oh, okay, some heavy hitters. Oh, dude. It also had performances from Fred Astaire, Robert oh, wow. Wagner, William Holdeman, and. If the glove does not fit, I'll just write a book about how I would have done it if I did it, but I definitely didn't do it, even though I probably most likely definitely did do it, O.J. Simpson. Simpson. Um, <laughs> that was a mouthful. It was, and I'm so proud that I was able to get it out all in one go. Uh, so it was released in 1974, uh, and it told the story of the Glass Tower, which uh, was being commemorated for its opening in San Francisco as the tallest building in the world when a fire breaks out on the 81st floor and then those inside must go ahead and escape. This is a real story or? No, no, no. no, no. This, this is totally, this fabricated. Is the, totally fabricated. So it was the third of three disaster movies released that year in a three month period. All of them were box office hits. Um, so that was released in December, but in October they had released earthquake. That was released in November. Twister? Uh, no, Twister was, I believe, the nineties. Yeah, you're right. It was. Um, it was Airport 1975. So oh, they had done the, the the first Airport came out in, I believe, 1970, and then this was technically uh, the sequel. Oh. The Towering Inferno, however, was the highest grossing film of 1974 then with 116 million dollars in theatrical uh rentals but that's in 74 money in today's money it's It's way more than that it's over 667 million dollars so it's a huge huge money uh money maker it earned eight academy award nominations um and this was actually fred astaire's only nomination Ever. Like wow, in his, really? Yep. It was the only nomination. What is he, wrong with people? Uh, exactly. And he didn't win it. Although he did win a BAFTA and a Golden Globe for, uh, for the performance. Um, the movie did go on to win three of the eight. Uh, best Cinematography, Best Editing, and Best Original Song. Oh, wow. Um, and apparently it served as the inspiration for the song Disco Inferno. Did it? Re- yep. That was recorded by the Tramps in 1976. Wait, who recorded that first? The Tramps. Oh, I definitely thought it was the Bee Gees. Oh no 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 no! It was it was it gained its popularity because it was on the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why I thought. If that. you've never taken the time, dude, I highly recommend watching The Towering Inferno. It's movie. so good that, and if you want to go ahead, then cool off from that afterwards. Uh, the Poseidon Adventure is 
the Poseidon Adventure. Same sort of con. Like, so American disaster movies were like. I love American disaster. Oh my God. And the seventies was the highlight. The fact that you even said earthquake, like, right. So, so, so good. But I remember being on that ride at universal studios. Absolutely. It was called catastrophe. It it was called catastrophe Canyon. Oh no. I went on the actual earthquake. Oh yeah. You know what? Maybe I did also. Yeah. Cause I remember there was catastrophe Canyon. Also. I remember going on, I went on the earthquake movie ride and I went on the twister ride Mm -hmm. and there was, we didn't talk about today, which we should have fire tornadoes. There was a fire tornado during the Twister ride. Mm-hmm. And dude, that shit was hot. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yes. really hot. Oh, yes. I think they got rid of all those rides. Did they? If That's I'm not sad. mistaken, I want to say that they had... Because Catastrophe Canyon, I remember, was the one where you were supposed to be like on a movie lot. And all of a sudden, they were like, okay, in filming in three, two... And they were like, wait, wait, no, we've got a tour group with us. You can't go ahead and do it yet. And all of a sudden... I think I was on this too. Yeah, and all of a sudden, like a, an oil tanker blows yeah, up in the whole yeah, nine yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But same thing. I remember sitting on these rides and the flame... The yeah, the heat from the flames, that you would all of a man. sudden feel from yeah. these flames. Ooh, no it's thank like, you. It's like standing in front of a, a blow dryer that's 10,000... I don't know. One of my... It's very large. That is one of the ways everyone's like, how would you, you know want to ever like you know die and i'll be like well i don't care but i can tell you how i don't want to die seriously the idea of like burning or drowning sound like those two extremes i'll be like yeah a strong strong pass for me yeah yeah yeah, 10 out of 10 won't recommend that's gonna be a not for me (laughs) thanks dog what's that randy jackson quote why can't i think of it uh that's gonna be no it's gonna be no for for me dog. dog i've got one factoid oh i want to hear it because if i don't mention because fires because fires because if i don't mention anything having to do with the great state of new jersey this wouldn't be an episode this wouldn't be an episode despite the fact that we've had this delicious uh heaven heller jersey hoboken uh ipa the oldest continually operating volunteer fire department is, is in, in New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. It is now called the Relief Fire Department. Uh, it's down in Mount Holly. Um, oh. It used to be called the Britannia or the Britannica um, Fire you know, Brigade. And, and they're I, still volunteers? Yep. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, for some reason, 1760-something sticks out in my mind, but also it could be 1730-something. Wow. Um, That's when they were established. Correct. So well over, if in the either case older well than over the country 20, yep older than, that's why they changed the name from eventually britannia or britannica uh, to uh, mount holly yep interesting because new jersey is the best state in the union i w- uh, in the union okay yeah where 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 do you think it's better i mean i've never lived anywhere else that's because uh, last I checked, everywhere else I got to get out of my car and go and put gas <laughs> in it. Yeah, yeah. Even though that's not that's not you know, that's not keeping me here. I can I, I, I give I would give you two and a half to three weeks before you'd be like, "Fuck this bullshit." <laughs> give me more credit than you should. Oh, okay, good, okay, <laughs> brilliant. Because I could see you getting dressed to go out somewhere, and you'd be like. Oh, Get out of the car. Gotta smell like gas that's, now. That's true, but also like more convenient because just pay and do it yourself instead of having to wait for an attendant. To come how, how long do you gotta wait? Depends. 
Sometimes longer than I'd like. In the words of every fine man from New Jersey, fair. <laughs> fair. Fair. Peasants. <laughs> if you guys enjoyed it, please let us know. Come tell us about fire. Come let us know about something we missed because I know we did. Absolutely. Someone, someone tell me about fire tornadoes. I'll be really happy. Tell us about it. Send me an article. I don't care. Send me an article on fire tornadoes and, and why they're bad for us. Exactly. You know what I want to know about? I want to know all about the the Midnight Society. And I want to know the about... Midnight Society. Yeah, don't you remember? Are you afraid of the dark? And they used to throw oh, the, the... yeah. And they <sighs> would throw the whatever on it. Like yeah. Fulgrate. I want to know. Was. I don't know. Either. I want to know about that. I want to know about the Olympic torch. That's a pretty important goddamn flame. That's a good flame. The eternal flame. I want to know that? about... That's uh, what's burning outside of um, JFK's tomb. It's the eternal flame. Oh, and it, it it's always... Oh, it's always lit. Oh. It's always lit. Yeah, there's like a, a pipe like a gas line pipe oh, that's running okay. through into Arlington. It's always burning. I thought it was magic, maybe. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. That's okay. But let us know these things. Definitely do. And please stay tuned. I said it last episode for the Instagram post. We want you guys to pick our next beer. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, when uh, when I hear from my cousins, when I hear from our good friend Bridge down in North Carolina and they compliment us and, oh, I was laughing along with you guys. It's like I'm talking with you guys. We appreciate it. Yeah. But take some of those messages, too, and put them on the interwebs. Put them online. If I don't get anything from now until our next recording, I'm giving you all my phone number. Are, and then I'm just going to be really upset that I'm getting blown up all the time. We are getting feisty. <laughs> feisty. That's things, my default. Things are getting... Things are getting a little caliente in here. <laughs> Ooh, little, spicy. Little fiery. Little fiery. Be good. Be classy. Done. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. Exactly. Goodbye. Goodbye. Beers End is hosted by Alex Chula and me, Nick Messina. Video producer is Mike Delavan. Original music is by Alex Chula. Sound effects have been provided by Zapsplat. And audio editing and producing is from me, Nick Messina. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Beers And wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Beers and Podcast and on Twitter at Beers and One. That's on Twitter at Beers and the number one. Or shoot us an email at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, Alex and I always want you to enjoy your beer safely and responsibly. Neither Alex nor myself have any affiliations with any of the breweries we sampled in this episode, be them legal affiliations or otherwise. If you have any questions or concerns, please email us at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. That's beers, the word and, podcast at gmail.com.